Average Joe Travels the California Inscape Season 5, Children of the Pumpkins Episode 11, It's Been Spice Knowing You Story conceived and written by Penguin Pete Bro High Fives by Clyde Wren and Dodge Zelko And featuring the vocal stylings of This Is Signal with Asher Ephraim as Spanky. The battle was won at last, and thus we concluded the most harrowing case our agency had ever tackled. Yet. The first order of business, after everybody had taken the day to sleep in, was cleanup and recovery. Chatterskull Falls was a genuine disaster zone. Bulldozers scraped the pumpkin guts off the streets and deposited the mess into dump trucks, while a platoon of street sweepers followed behind. Rubble was cleared, wrecked cars towed away, fortunately not mine, and any billboards advertising pumpkin spice were knocked down. The previously brainwashed cultists were volunteered for the cleanup. Fairy Fantasy Farms was shut down. The Wicker Man, the site of my would-be sacrifice, was dismantled. More than a few times over those next few days, I spotted random women in town angrily berating their husbands for joining a pumpkin spice cult, sometimes brandishing a rolling pin to land their point. Chief Wankins made good on his payment to us for helping save the town. Not only that, but he was in the middle of a press conference where he was happy to take the credit for quashing the squash menace when Mayor Herbert Green himself showed up and awarded the key to the city to us, our detective agency. Wankins still wished to make it known that deputizing us was his idea. There was a ceremony at City Hall where Anne, Spanky, and I took the stage and took our bows, but we were a little reluctant to get this much exposure. In the occult world, as with the criminal world, you never want to get too famous lest you draw the attention of even bigger enemies. Afterwards, as we were slipping out a side door, Lucrecia approached us, reminding us that Sammy Spunker was still holed up at her mansion, awaiting his ultimate fate. We later convened at Lucrecia's digs for what would prove to be a minor ceremony. In her study, Lucrecia sat with a fairy under a glass dome on her table, the same fairy she had previously collared. It was her designated liaison now. The rest of us were seated around the table, with Lucrecia translating between all of us and the fairy. I made a point of chain-smoking lucky strikes with the ashtray right next to the fairy's glass enclosure, just in case it got any funny ideas. The fae have agreed to release Sammy Spunker from his contract and have also resolved never to use human slave labor again. Wow, quite generous of them. Why the change of heart? They have concluded that humans are unreliable. Unreliable? That's it? We could use some reparations. 
Has anybody thought about how many missing person cases could be cleared if we had a list of names of people the Fae have taken away? It says that providing this is beyond their power, as the Fae do not keep such records. Well, it's probably lying. The Fae certainly have a good enough bureaucracy to call in decades-old debts made when they tricked some innocent child. How about next time they just buy their own darn nutmeg? It says that the Fae cannot enter commerce with humankind because of our unethical practices exploiting nature. Oh, we exploit nature. Listen, we had a whole civil war in this country to abolish slavery. Where is their ethical standing on that? It's talking about our livestock, timber industry, mining, and all that. To the Fae, we have no right to complain about a few enslaved humans when we slaughter thousands of cows every year. Huh. So what happens the next time the Fae get jonesing for nutmeg? How do we know they won't do this again? One in four Fae have the genetic condition that makes them addicted to nutmeg. The Fae have now exterminated the ones with a faulty gene. They carried out this campaign while we were busy fighting the pumpkin golems. They just had a mass genocide? A quarter of their own species? Haven't they heard of temperance houses? <sighs> Just forget it. Every answer we get from these creatures raises two more questions. How about we lift Sammy's curse and be done with it? A fey curse cannot be undone. It can only be transferred to another person. We must choose that person. I have just one name in mind. Well, in my line of duty, I could use another way not to get killed. Forget it, Zhao. No fey curse is worth it. You just end up stuck in limbo forever. As I say, I have just one name in mind. The one whose first name is Raxeed. Unfortunately, we don't have Raxeed's definitive name, so they can't be targeted by the fey. And is it really such a good idea to make Raxeed immortal? It would make it possible to trap him in limbo. That's a good ace to keep up your sleeve if you ever do confront him. I need to point out, I trained Sammy to navigate limbo and escape it. That training will not be transferred to Raxeed. Well, I guess that's the best idea we have. How do we pin down Raxeed's surname? We only need his first name, if we also have his photograph. Joseph, the dossier that the CIA men gave you when they hired you to find the missing pilot, do you still have it? Why, yes I do. Say hello to Raxeed Shambles Room. I held the photo up to the fey glass. The Fae gestured in Sammy's direction, and a streak of light flew from his chest to the Fae. Then the Fae's other hand flung another light streak at the photo. It shook in my hand. Even though it was merely a piece of paper, it suddenly felt like it weighed a pound. 
I carefully folded it and returned it to my coat pocket. I could swear that the face of Raxeed in the photo had changed slightly, his scowling face looking much more annoyed. Sammy grasped his chest and sat up. It's gone. It's gone! Free! I'm finally free! Before anyone else could react, Sammy leapt from his chair and ran to the French doors of Lucretia's study. Flinging them open, he ran outside, tearing madly across the acres of Lucretia's crisply maintained estate. We all stood up to watch after him. Something felt off. Sammy had a glorious ten seconds of joyful freedom before he collapsed to the ground. Just above him, another fairy put away its crossbow and flew away. There on the grass lay the body of Sammy Spunker, a man who had saved my life and whom I could now never repay. We went back to the fairy under the glass on the table. Why did you kill him? It says that Sammy's survival is not part of the contract. Sammy still broke Law. You know what else wasn't prohibited in the contract? Roast fairy. Joseph, I am sorry, but you must let this go. Being trapped in limbo for long periods of time is a far worse fate, which he must never suffer again. He came to us. He trusted us. Go ahead and toast it, Joe. Anne, my pupil, your hot temper will be your downfall to the left-hand path. <sighs> the way forward is a truce. I have arranged for peace between us and the Fae civilization. I have worked hard for this, and unlike you two, I am not compensated by the government for my time. I must release my own prisoner now. Fine. Just get rid of it. I never want to see one of these disgusting winged rats again. Lucretia gestured over the glass barrier. A blue light flashed, and the Fay promptly flung the tumbler aside and flew to the French doors. It paused there, hovering. It has a parting prophecy, as is the Fay custom. Tell it to send a postcard. Anne, the fairy says your father is proud of you. What? He's still alive? Hey, wait a minute! But the fairy flew out the French doors and flitted into the sky. Anne ran to the grass outside, circling around and searching the air. We went out to her, Lucretia putting an arm around her as she broke down, sobbing. We all have a story. Anne has hers. Lord knows I have mine. It's back there. Somewhere. Where it belongs. In the puddles and the smoke. As a general rule, Anne and I do not spend time together socially. But we made an exception for an evening at the Raven Bar and Grill. It was one of the few places in town we could all meet without raising an eyebrow. Anne and I were there with Spanky, Jack Hill, and Barsoom, 
who joyously destroyed a pile of cheeseburgers at his own table. Spanky divided his time between our table and another table of his kin, leprechauns celebrating the return of a normal town. I admit I was perking up a little. You can't be around reveling leprechauns without catching a whiff of their festive spirit. Let me tell you, I have a lot more free time now that I'm not tied up in court explaining to pumpkin idiots why they can't establish their own theocracy. What in the hell led up to all this? You really want to know? No, you don't. But, long story short, the Feyres wanted nutmeg because they have addicts and they can't cultivate it or import it. So they jacked up pumpkin production using enslaved humans so that we would import more nutmeg. The humans started their own pumpkin cults, and then a wendigo happened by and saw these humans worshipping a pumpkin scarecrow and decided to hop right in and possess it. That made the whole operation take on warped magic from the Wendigo. I had a feeling I wouldn't understand that. You guys get yourselves into the damnedest situations. Why didn't the Fae just deal with the Wendigo? Come to think of it, I'm not even sure the Fae knew about the Wendigo. But it's over. That's all I care about it. Those Fae are so damn self-righteous, judging down on the rest of us for making a mess of things and taking no responsibility for their own. What do you make of their first prophecy? You cannot eat money. Is that supposed to be a riddle? Because it seems pretty obvious. The Fae reckon that you humans will go extinct soon. They'll burn all the planet's resources, it'll turn against you, as it does with all verminous species, and you'll die off like others before you. Really? That's what they think. What is with all this hatred of humans? If it isn't fairies, it's demons, or goblins... We humans seem to have a dismayingly low popularity rating. You humans are a cursed species. You have all the cleverness of the brightest creatures, but you have the lifespan of mayflies. When you die at three score and ten, what's the trouble you hop into twig a few years earlier? You have the power of demigods, but no awareness of your responsibility. Who knows, though? You might work it out in the end. Anne, are you listening, or are you trying to scry into your cocktail glass? <sighs> Fay prophecies are never wrong. It's the only time when they are forced to speak the truth. You know, the Wendigo made it sound like we're not even the only varietal of humans. After all, the dinosaurs may be extinct, but we still have lizards. And years from now, the paleontologists may downgrade them to chickens. Maybe that's what they mean. Our more primitive instincts will die off, and a new age of mankind will dawn. Sure, it'll dawn all the way to your shiny new utopia. Tell it to the kobolds. The... kobolds? If you find a living one, it is. Joe, you and your Wendigo. You keep going on about him. I'm concerned about you. Your aura has been different ever since your meeting with that entity. Your heart chakra is tinted now. It must have done something to you. I just can't say for sure because it seemed to like you. Well, it did toss me into a giant straw man to be sacrificed, so it couldn't have liked me too much. Maybe it knew you would escape. When you're dealing with cosmic entities of that class, there's no way to divine their motives. Maybe that was its way of giving itself a sporting chance. Well, all swell that ends well, do tell. Listen, guys, I have my ear to the wall in this town, and you are getting way too famous for your own good around here. It's about time you took a vacation, before something bigger than a Wendigo comes looking for you. That has been on my mind. We have drawn far too much attention to ourselves. 
Lucretia and I are not the only witches around, you know. I'm not sure we can afford a vacation. We're flush right now, but we have expenses. Well, do you know what's better than a vacation? A paid one. Here's this guy's card. Asked if I could send this matter your way. Rest well, acres, mortuary, and cemetery. That's the place. It's a few stops up the train tracks in the township of Red Oak Valley. Very wealthy suburb. Should pay nicely. And what's their problem? Their cemetery keeps losing bodies. Bury them, and the next time they have to exhume the coffin for whatever reason, bam, no body. Ooh. Vampires. It's always vampires. This will be a piece of cake. World hands with vampires. Nice, normal vampires sounds like a picnic compared to fey agricultural labor squabbles. Sure, we'll give them a call. What if it's not vampires? Could be zombies? No picnics. It's always vampires. California is crawling with them. The prospect of another job on the heels of this recent nonsense was none too pleasing to my ear. But as my great uncle once told me, a fifth in the hand is worth two in the still. Odds were we would be on our way to the ghastly graveyard soon enough to lay stake to some greenbacks. <laughs>